following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes wondering, hey, you going to go on air? You got Mark Yule, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association in studio. So I messed up on Geppetto, uh, the huge Civic Theater production of the Sports Pinocchio. I called him Geppetti. I'm okay with that. We're all right. We've had a wonderful first hour. Mark will join us. We'll talk about some of the rules changes that will benefit high school athletes in the state of Michigan. And Mark, I'm seeing a lot on social networks and online. These boys' volleyball teams are popping up everywhere in the state of Michigan. Club volleyball teams. They are. They had their uh, state championship Saturday night at Calvin University. But it's and not a Michigan nope. High School Athletic Association sport yet. Not right? yet, but it's something that we're uh, monitoring and watching closely. And you're right, there is an awful lot of growth. Yeah, I just, that, that kind of, I'm not going to speak for you, all your member schools. I'll do that later. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think just by the conversation, the street talk on boys' high school volleyball and these club teams, even Jeff Risden, one of our Lions insiders, from Lions Wire, I think him and his wife are coaching the club teams for girls and boys over in Zealand. It just seems like it's really, uh, like all of a sudden it's there. Like we had discussed it the last couple, three, four years, but it's everywhere. It is, and numbers are growing, and uh, we survey our schools regularly, and what's the next boys sport, and volleyball is, is always at the top of that list. Well, what so. other sports pop up from your member schools? You know, the water polo community, both boys and girls. Um, those are both still club, too? Those are both still, yep, we don't sponsor a tournament there. Um, occasionally, you get girls field hockey, and then the one that we've even talked about on air a few times, and there is some real money there available from the NFL and the Lions. It's it's girls flag football, and so if you're going to add boys volleyball, you're going to need to also add a high number of girls sports, and um, that's where the flag football experience for our young ladies um, that could be the fit in the partnership. So that's something we're really going to study carefully this summer when we meet with our schools on the fall tour during September and October. Um, you know, cause you got, you got to find two to kind of marry or, or clip together. And I think it'd be volleyball and in flag football, it'd be the boys and girls water polo um, are probably the ones that uh, are rising to the top right now. But I think interest wise, uh, girls flag football, and this is nothing against boys or girls water polo. I'm not picking sides, but I believe if that was a spring sport, uh, the fields aren't being used. The football fields are vacant. I know lacrosse and soccer take up time. And I think flag football would be a sport where a girl still could run track and play soccer in the spring. It could, yep. And then you've also got your 
you know, uh, a group of football coaches that could potentially be available in the spring. The, the thing you have to balance is you can't add too many new sports to one season to where then you're going to stretch your numbers um, with your current offerings really thin. And, and that's that's the study and that's the, the big picture look that's got to happen uh, here very, very soon. And I think most ADs would say bring on uh, 20 new sports. I have so much time on my hands. <laughs> that's also a little bit of a sell too. So uh, yeah, a lot of layers to this, that's for sure. When you do add a sport, how what's the process? How long does it take for from hey guys we're going to discuss this to the sport or sports boy and girl sport both being added because of title nine how long does that take so it can it can move uh it can move quite quickly so the one policy we do have in place is before we sponsor a tournament in that sport it's got to be sponsored by at least 64 of our member schools so we've got 748 high schools so 64 is obviously a little less than than 10% but once 64 schools are sponsoring and playing it on a club basis that's really the biggest hurdle to kind of get on the dance floor for consideration of it moving from um, a club sport to a varsity sport and the last two that we've we've added in each gender were boys and girls bowling that started off as a club sport it grew and won 64 schools and each sponsored it we then took it over as an mhsaa sport and then boys and girls lacrosse was the same thing so uh like i said boys volleyball Girls flag football, water polo. I think those are all nearing the uh, the sixty four threshold, and, and that's kind of then what triggers our process. Mark Hule, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio here on the Huge Show across Michigan. I I think our last conversations, the last two, there was talk you were going to meet with your executive council. Uh, some rules changes have been approved. Uh, people can find all of this information at mhsa.com, but uh, in terms of uh, out-of-state teams yep. playing them, uh, you finalized that now, right? We did. Big change there. So um, we redefined our school's travel rule as you can go anywhere you want, no longer have to count miles, go wherever you want in any border state. And when we say border state, that's Ohio, it's Indiana, that also includes Illinois. Is that all sports? All sports. Wisconsin, we also include Minnesota as a border state, as well as Ontario. So you can go to any location within any of those border areas. And the big change is, let's say that we've got a a basketball school that's going to go to Indianapolis next December for a holiday tournament. You're playing in Indy, so you've stayed within the travel limitation. In that event in Indy, you can play anybody in the country as long as that school is a member in good standing with their state association. So now these large holiday tournaments that have gone on in Chicago or Indianapolis or Milwaukee or the Twin Cities, those are now fair game for our schools to attend. And our schools that are there can now play that school from California or Texas or Florida or whatever. So the the, the push that we got that you know our, our schools need, need the ability to play some better competition our rule now allows that but yet there's also some sanity to where we're not going to be putting our teams on planes and flying all over the country go wherever you want within a border area which by the way there's over 3,000 other high schools already within our border states so the key is that you stay within that area and then at that event 
you can play and compete against anybody. So it's not only going to be a, a big change for our team sports, but our individual sports. You know, some huge individual wrestling tournaments go on in the state of Ohio over the holidays. And now, um, again, our, our teams and our kids could go to that huge invite in Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati and could match up with kids from all over the country. And that also works at, uh, if you look at Detroit, the bigger cities, Grand Rapids, wanting to host a high school a tournament with teams from all across the country, and they wanted to do it at Van Andel Arena. They can now do that. And you could get the local, you know, four local schools, and you're bringing in four teams, one from California, Florida, Texas, New York, whatever. They can do that now. They could do that. Um, might be a bit of a tough sell getting the California and Florida teams to come here to Michigan oh, in, in the December, winter. But, come on. But uh, that could now happen by rule, yes. Uh, and anything else uh, along the lines with your executive council that, that will affect uh, the 2023-2024 high school sports year in Michigan? That was the biggest change. You know, we made a, a few little slight modifications um, to some of our undue influence or anti-recruiting rules. So much of that traffic is now moved to the world of social media. So we've now got some new guidance. We really modernized what our rule was to where um, there really is no reason why adult coaches should be following middle school kids who don't attend your school. Um, so that's something we made those lines a little bit. You mean higher. high school coaches? Yeah. Because if, if, if that's I'm, recruiting, right? Yeah, yeah. If I'm the high school coach at Central High School, um, I'm not sure why I'm following a 7th or 8th grade kid at Western Middle School, um, not in our district. Um, not really sure why I'm following them on social media. Uh, to me, an adult following a, a 13 or a 14-year-old raises lots of different red flags, um, recruiting only being one of those. So, again, we made the lines brighter for everybody to understand um, when it comes to that world of social media and adults connecting with kids. Well, what about recruiting? Uh, when you look at it with your team at the Michigan High School Athletic Association headquarters in Lansing and Mark Ewell, executive director of the MHSA, joining us in studio here on the Huge Show across Michigan. How rampant is recruiting? Because a lot of people will talk and say, oh, every private school is just recruiting kids and they're taking them from this school over to this school. You hear it. Whenever a team's not good at one school and a private school's good, the parents are screaming, hey, the other school's recruiting. From your vantage point, running the Michigan High School Athletic Association, public and private schools, uh, how much recruiting do you think is going on? So I'll start this answer with some data. So our membership is approximately 76% traditional public high schools. Every year we run the numbers, we award 131 state championships in a given year. So we're now two weeks away from 131 trophies being handed out with, with handshakes um, our rolling average the last three years, so if it's 77% of traditional public high schools, our rolling three-year average is 71.5% of our state champions are also public high schools. So that whole concept of, you know, well, we've got almost three-quarters of our schools are public, but the privates are winning all the state championships, the data does not suggest that. You then take that data the next step and say, okay, 
in a dual sport, what two teams, what, what are the kinds of schools that are reaching the championship game? Or in an individual sport, what kinds of schools are finishing in the top five? You run those numbers over the last three years. The schools that reach the championship round or the finals is 74.5%. So our teams that are winning and teams that are reaching the finals, when you go all sports across the board, is almost on the number of what our membership profile is. So first of all, you know, everybody who says that, you know, we, we need to separate them or make radical changes, the data does not suggest that. Um, recruiting in this day and age, Bill, and I, maybe I'm a little bit more of a cynic as I've been in this business for a long time, but if all the recruiting that some people suggest happens, you're telling me that every one of these stories must turn out perfectly for everybody involved, that everybody's happy at the end of the story. Because you believe in this day and age with social media, if I've been quote-unquote recruited somewhere and it didn't turn out the way that I had hoped or wanted. You're talking or at the high school level. At the high school level. That, you know, I get recruited, and I'm doing the air quotes thing as I say this, but get recruited to this high school and the promises that were somehow made that that doesn't all turn out perfectly. In this day and age, you think people don't go to social media and tell their story? And those stories just aren't out there. So what I think happens is you've got a lot of athletic parents, athletic moms and dads, who think their kid is pretty good. And, well, what they're going to do is they're going to kind of shop their kid around that before my freshman year. Here are the three or four different schools that are, quote, unquote, interested in my kid. Private schools, right? Private or even public. Moving, and you'd have to move there. You would have to uh, move yeah. there. But I think the amount of, of recruiting that you know everybody's convinced happens, I think, is far overblown. Because, like I said, if there was actually that much recruit, I mean, you see at the at the college level, every kid gets recruited, and where kids end up, there's a lot of unhappiness right there. Just look at the transfer portal, and if this was really going on at the high school level, I think we'd hear a lot more of uh, of those stories of uh, of uh, unfulfilled dreams and, and broken promises. So, yeah, yeah Izzo was just on the show uh, last week. Said the same thing. He says a story no one's talking about. Uh, he says, I think there could be 1,300-plus kids left hanging in the transfer portal who left a school they were at Yep, on scholarship. With and, no chair when the music's going to stop. And, and no place to go after you got that. It. And I think high school, if, if a parent, you have this right. And when your kid's in 7th or 8th grade, if you think that private school uh, is a better fit for your kid, academically, athletically, you have that choice to move that boy or girl there. And if those parents choose to do that in 7th, 8th grade, before they reach high school, that's their choice. I think that some will call that recruiting because mm. the parent did it. Sure. Right? And I and I look at a, if a kid moves from Troy to Grand Rapids and the dad takes a job and he wants to move wherever the best hockey team is or track program or America. soccer, they have that right. It's America. But everyone thinks every private school has a complete real estate market for uh, incoming kids, right? That That's the perception that some have. And um, living in this world every single day, that is simply not factually true. So what is your biggest challenge, you think, with you and your team when you talk at the headquarters in Lansing, uh, your executive council you turn to, member schools? What is the biggest high school sports challenge right now in the state of Michigan? I think it's participation numbers. Um, still kind of post-COVID, still getting our arms around how many kids are playing and, and making sure that we support 
um, the sports that we have. You know, football numbers have been a real challenge over the last five to ten years for a number of different reasons, and I think that player safety and concussions is only a part of it. Um, I think the hard work and, and what goes into getting your body ready to, to play tackle football. Um, so challenges continue in football. But yet um, I also look at, for example, softball, the number of our schools um, 10 years ago that would have a varsity, a JV, and a freshman team. Those freshman teams have almost disappeared, and a lot of our big schools, Bill, can't even feel the JV softball team anymore. So that's why when we talk about expansion and new sports and new opportunities, yeah, you got to give the, the new activity some attention, but you also can't do that um, to the detriment of what you're already sponsoring. So it, it's figuring out what kids want now, because I think that the needs and interest of kids today is different than what it was 20 years ago. We've got some sports where we're seeing great growth, other sports where we're seeing um, really drastically declining numbers, and we need to make sure that our uh, program of offerings is matching what kids and families and communities and our schools want. And uh, those answers aren't easy because the answer of something that may make sense in, in Grand Rapids or West Michigan is different than it is in Detroit or it's different than it is in the Thumb or it's different in the UP. The 748 high schools we have, what's great is our diversity and size and in the, the school culture and background. But yet when you're trying to provide a program where everybody plays by the same set of rules, that uh, diversity and differences of schools can also be uh, our greatest challenge. And I think the challenge, whether it is post-COVID, and a lot of it is cyclical with a culture in a school district. It may be a wrestling school district. They may be great in uh, girls softball like Waylon has been for years. Uh, It could be... uh, Four Hills Eastern has 53 kids on their varsity roster right now. 53. Yep. Which is a my and and will field a freshman and JV team. Yep. And again, that's a Division Four football school, but they couldn't field a girls JV soccer team. Right. So that and again, is that based on just the cycle of kids in that school where you didn't have enough girls who play uh, soccer, but you have a ton of kids who love football, right? It is. I think part of it's cycling, and, and I'm sorry, to when you boil it down to its most basic element, in my opinion, being in the business for 30 years, the single biggest factor that determines participation numbers in culture in a program is it all starts and ends with the quality of the coaching staff. Amen. I'm with you one million percent on that, that you can look at any school district in this state. If you're listening in the UP right now, Houghton Hancock, Calumet, Copper Country, and WMPL. If you're listening down on 96.5 The Cave in Adrian and Southeast Michigan near the Ohio border, all of you who have either played high school sports, who coach, an administrator, or a parent, you know the coach who is creating a culture, boys and girls, and you can see it in your school district. And again, that's a big challenge for these coaches to give up so much time for our kids. It's one of the great things that you'll see in life, the dedication of these coaches and teachers, by the way. It's in the classroom and on the field. And I think a lot of it with how teaching and and the cycle we talked about, you need that coach who's teaching in that school. It's a big difference. That is a big When that coach of that sport is teaching in your school, and he or she can have them in class, can see them in the cafeteria before school, 
after school, you know, working out uh, wherever it is. I think that is really big. Culture is directly connected to relationships. And when you have a, a full-time person that is in the building, building relationships with your, your athletes during the school day, I think those only get, get those bonds only get stronger after school with that staff. And you mentioned Whalen softball. Why has Whalen softball been so good for 30 years? Two words. Sherry Ritz. Amen. Sherry Ritz has been the head coach there uh, during that entire time. And yet another example of somebody who builds relationships, somebody who's built the right culture, and uh, success begets more success. But also in today's society, the 30-year coach, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that anymore, Mark, unfortunately, because parental influence, club sports, when a kid, boy or girl, has played on that club team and You've paid for it. When they get to high school, you think there's a sense of entitlement. Absolutely. That they should be playing. And I have seen it at many schools uh, in West Michigan and coaches I know out of here who say, I'm just getting out. Yep. It's not where, and, you, and, you, and you hear that. My next question will be with referees. I've learned a lot as, as, as the kids have gone along, Mark, just because I, I do look at things. I'm not on referees like I was back in the day when my kids were first starting to play sports and I'm acting like I was playing, right? Right. I, I kind of sense, and I think it's post-COVID. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think it's post-COVID, and you and I were on the air through all that, that those referees who still showed up when the sports were coming back allowed them to play. Those men and women, uh, refereeing, umpiring, doing all that, uh, showed a lot, and most of them do it because they care. They're not getting rich. Some do it to stay in shape, and they just kind of still feel they're going back to the good old innocent days of high school sports. And I, I hope the umpiring, the referee numbers are bouncing back as we've all dug out of this pandemic. They are. We're actually uh, a year ago. We finished the year with about eight thousand registered officials. And this year we're up just a sliver under 8,500. So almost an increase of 500 new officials this year, which we're excited about. And again, if, if your listeners are interested in getting involved, MHSAA.com, hit the officials button to become an official. But if you have no interest in that, how can you help us uh, attract and keep more officials when you go to your next kid's game or your grandkid's game or whomever's game and you see a call that you maybe don't agree with? Just count to 20 before you feel the need to yell something and just treat those folks in a striped shirt or a yellow shirt or a blue shirt with common decency and respect. And that would go a long way toward helping um, our numbers. It's interesting. A lot of our adult spectators seem to have a pretty high standard of performance for the officials. But when it comes to their own conduct and behavior in the game, that standard tends to be a little bit lower. And you just common decency and respect. You're not going to agree on everything, but uh, everything uh, doesn't uh, have to become the, the Lincoln-Douglas debates either. Yeah, and with our four-year-plus relationship on and off air, Mark has introduced a great program, Superfly, that I use at my kids' high school sporting events. It's called Count to 1000, Bill, and immediately leave the premises. <laughs> now I, and now I see it because you, you learn, you know, child three is through high school. Right. You know, child four and five are, uh, or, or children four and five are in sports. And I kind of learn with like, yeah, there's a couple times where you'll be like, what the heck? And I've found with me, I'll step away. I don't sit in the bleachers. I stand off to the side. Uh, because if I'm going to grimace, say something, 
I kind of say it to myself, right? Sure. And but I have learned through my children. You bet. I have, and those officials, you know, soccer officials especially. Man, they they go. There's a lot. That's the most physical sport to referee, uh, umpire, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's it's amazing uh, what they go through. So uh, we will spend one more segment together. Uh, Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio. I also have some shout outs. Uh, we like to do it here in June when Mark joins us uh, to high school seniors, uh, sports, marching band, whatever, wrapping up uh, their high school careers. Uh, you can drop those at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and also on the Mercantile Bank listener line. That's 1 866 838 4843. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So right now they've got an awesome deal going on for new customers who sign up using promo code HUGE. If you deposit at least $5, you can get a match on that first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. All you have to do is sign up using promo code HUGE and you can start playing your favorites like slots, roulette, blackjack. And what's even better, it's safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw all your cash whenever you're ready. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Casino app now, use promo code HUGE, and get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Bill Simonson here for my good friends at Bean Garter. They're now a Dorn Mayhew firm. They're based in Troy, where Dorn Mayhew is located on the east side of the state. Bean Garter will stay in their existing location in downtown Grand Rapids. And Josh Garvey has been named the managing shareholder. Josh was appointed by Dorn Mayhew's board of directors. And Josh will lead the West Michigan office in downtown Grand Rapids in its vision, growth, culture, strategy, and client relationships. And Josh is very honored to lead the Grand Rapids office forward as the next manager shareholder. Bean Garter has had the privilege of serving the West Michigan market for nearly 75 years. And Josh's vision is to uphold that commitment and keep their firm focused on creating meaningful impact relationships in their local community. Congratulations to Josh Garvey as Bean Garter and Dorn Mayhew are now stronger together. Hey sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. 
We are back live across Michigan Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. ton of sports championships and playoffs going on right now uh, live and on demand. Boys and girls spring playoffs and championships at MHSAA.TV. MHSAA.com, the new redesigned website is fantastic. At MHSAA on Facebook and MHSAA. On Twitter, so uh, championships rolling. I hear a lot of people talk about the Michigan State destination for soccer, softball, baseball, how well that's going over uh, with the high school fans here in Michigan. It's perfect. Uh, I know Jake Boss, the, the baseball coach at Michigan State, really well, and it's been a running joke for a lot of years that you know they put all that money into a brand new uh, baseball and softball facility. The soccer field now has lights. Is everything is just top notch, and it's great because their fields are in the best condition possible for our championships every June. You know, the the college season is so early and the weather is so bad. Um, we are truly blessed. The relationship with Michigan State, the facilities that uh, those uh, tournaments will culminate in, uh, can't find a better, uh, really a better venue set up anywhere in the country. Uh, I know Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern just hosted the division, was it two track and field? They did. Uh, state championships last weekend and had monster crowds show up, well run. You know, I, I think when I look across the board, I mentioned the district. I thought Belding did a wonderful job hosting that. Uh, D2 high school baseball uh, district. So those tournaments are continuing, and uh, the kids all dreaming of getting a state title still means something. You bet. Lacrosse finals are this weekend, both in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, Boys lacrosse finals are at East Grand Rapids, one of the most picturesque uh, places you could play on a Saturday in June. And the girls lacrosse finals are up the road at Rockford High School. And then our golf finals are at four different courses this weekend. And, Bill, I'm proud to announce that all of our high school golfers remain on the same tour. So there were there was no break. There's been no coming back together. You that, weren't offered $3 billion by Wisconsin High School Athletic Association to merge together, no? We were not, but you can get like a $5 subscription to follow your kids' real-time score on the I Wanamaker app. So that that's uh, about the only money that's connected to our golf. But uh, no, looks like good weather uh, this Friday and Saturday uh, for our golfers for the two days. And um, like I said, one more weekend, and the year will be in the books. MHSA.com, you want to follow all the brackets, who's in the state championship matchups in all sports, just go to MHSAA.com. That is MHSAA.com. Mark, you executive director, joining us. Can you stick around for one final segment? You bet. You got any, You got to go see your parents or anything? You're cool? You can no, around. I'm sure my parents are listening. Cause oh, your, they're, dad, uh, your dad's a good guy. My dad's. My dad is... Uh, I love that guy. Loyal dude, absolutely. And then uh, you got the whole whole family down in Caledonia. There you go. Whitney Bell, right? Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, yep. Whitney, uh, defensive coordinator for Caledonia. He is. And they then, dropped down from Division One to Division Two this year with some of the school size changes, right? They did. Last year, they were the smallest school in Division One in football, and... I think now they're in the, the top five or six in Division Two, and yeah, Whitney, and then my own brother Steve, who was a principal out in Caledonia. He's also on the the varsity coaching staff with Derek Pennington, their head coach. And his uh, son's a good player. The Derek's Fighting son. Scots think they're mm-hmm. going to be pretty good again this fall. Yeah, so. Whitney, a good guy, man. Played at Ferris. He's a Uper, Sault Ste. Marie, Sault Ste. Marie, and still has a little bit of that accent left. You got it, eh? Yeah, I, he 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 told the story on air. 
about how his dad brought him in a dog sled all the way from Sault Ste. Marie to Big Rapids. <laughs> that was a beautiful, one of the most touching stories I've ever heard. All right, so we got to get one more segment in, but you'll stick around, right? You bet. Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us. Like I mentioned, live and on-demand boys and girls high school state championship playoffs uh, through the title games. MHSAA.tv. Also, all the brackets, uh, PDF, all divisions, and more interactive brackets. MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Opt in to the huge text chain. Text HUGE to 21000. Bullying, lack of patience, cruelty to animals. Those are not good traits. They also happen to be critical warning signs of violence. June is Gun Violence Awareness Month, and the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police wants you to know that at-risk people often display warning signs before they resort to gun violence. Search online for 10 critical warning signs of violence and ask your local police department how you can safely make a difference. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Have a blast with Rolling Thunder Camper Giveaway. Saturdays in June, two players every hour win $1,500 premium play. On June 24th, the 11 p.m. winner rolls out in a new Coachman Catalina Legacy Edition. It's Rolling Thunder Camper Giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here with a reminder that the Meyer State Games of Michigan Summer Games are almost here, but there's still time to register in a ton of sports that are available to amateur athletes all across Michigan, from track to golf, swimming to basketball, and more. They've got an event for athletes of all ages and all abilities. You still can register now at stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash huge. That's stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash huge. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Thank you. 
We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, played with Bonds and Cheater, will join us during the final hour. We'll talk about the Tigers. Uh, their game tonight has been postponed due to smoke in Philadelphia. All that wildfire smoke from Canada, the western U- U.S., even up in Grayling, they've had other wildfires, so they're saying that whole Northeast Corridor may have no outdoor sports. Mark Hill, executive or outdoor sports tonight or until the smoke clears, uh, but uh, there there has been some talk in Michigan. Is everything going to be on as usual? Is it, you know, I don't think the smoke has affected anything nope. from a high school perspective in our state, has it? We've got regional uh, baseball games going on this afternoon, as well as our lacrosse semifinals. And uh, everything is a go in our state. And, yeah, just uh, good thoughts go out to everybody who's affected. And like you said, Bill, those fires up in uh, Grayling over the weekend uh, pretty significant, so just hope everybody's okay and uh, could use a little bit of rain. Hardly ever say that, but we could use some rain right now to help with that. I was looking at the forecast. They said maybe Monday, Tuesday, like a 30% chance of rain. I mean, I, we've hardly had anything for what, six weeks? Yeah. Five weeks? Yeah, And, and but I know you as executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, you guys got to be prepared for... Everything. Some of those photos of New York, Philly, Boston area, that Northeast Corridor, it, it looks like something from Mars. It does. So Tigers aren't playing tonight. Uh, Superfly came in and actually gave us a live update. And at first, I'm like, are they at home? Are they can-? And Mark gave that look, too. Like, wait a minute. Are they canceling in the Detroit area? Hold on, Bill. I may have to jump on the phone. We might be done right now. You deal with everything, though. You, you are prepared for every situation. Pandemics, fires, uh, the mosquito virus. We've. Uh, I remember that when it was postponing. Uh, it was the spring about three years ago. It was right before the. It was the fall, actually. So we no, had a bunch of varsity football games and soccer yes. games that were like 7 o'clock starts. To, again, because of the. I can't even remember what it was called. But It was, the, a, it was like was, was Zynga? Zynga? What are you doing? Superfly, we're not playing charades on the air with Mark Ewell. I'm trying to look through a double pane glass, and he's like the, the Zima, the Zima. It was a Zima virus, but with the mosquitoes. So we moved all of our games to like four and four thirty starts to finish by dusk before all the the mosquitoes were out. So. Yeah, well, I, I forget because that was four or five years ago. Yep. And then my kids were playing like soccer tournament in the fall down in Kalamazoo, and the game was called because it was getting dusk. And the mosquitoes were coming out. The Z- Z- was it the Zika virus? It was Zika, not Zima. Zima was that old drink back in the day. That was Superfly, still drink Zimas, but it, it was Zika. It was. There you go. So do you have, speaking of being prepared, do you have a drawer that has a preparation plan for anything that would hit the state of Michigan? We we do. Um, you know, one thing I learned from my predecessor Jack Roberts, as you try and uh, plan for everything and plan for the worst, so we do have a we do have an epidemic manual. So everything from a, um, a contagious disease outbreak in sock in uh, wrestling. So if we had, for example, a wrestler skin outbreak 
and what would then our plan be? How would we work with local health department agencies? Um, you know, obviously the Zika virus, obviously COVID. Um, we've actually had to put some of that stuff to use. But you do try and sit down and try and play the what-if game, and, and you do try and always be out ahead of these things and, and not kind of be caught flat-footed. And, you know, the biggest thing is you do. You, you try to just think of, of what's the worst-case scenario and how can we plan for that. And um, that's really the way we try and approach most uh, day-to-day. And you got out in front of the Michigan State-Penn State football game being moved from East Lansing to Black Friday night at Ford Field, and your championship games will go to Sunday. Lions won't be playing because they'll play the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, what has been uh, the response from your member schools to that? It, it's been quite quiet. Um, did hear from a couple of schools that just had some questions because they have a policy about no Sunday, and that's one reason why we're not going to announce what divisions are going to play on what days yet until we probably get into our tournament for a week or two. Just uh, look at, at the, the teams that could get there and what the travel could be and are there any Sunday policy. Um, so, again, we'll just we'll kind of be uh, flexible and nimble and listen to our membership. But uh, truth be told, most of the most of the criticism um, has gone the Spartans way, not ours. I just, you know, I understand why they did it. They've got the new media rights deal where, you know, they're now going to be on primetime on NBC. But, you know, some of those local businesses in East Lansing that depend on a home Spartan football game for those weekends. Uh, so in our local media, we've seen uh, we've seen some hard feelings. Mark Hewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us in studio uh, here on the Huge Show across Michigan. And one final thought on that move of the Friday championship games to Sunday. Uh, the day it went down, you joined us on the show. I think you were down in Chicago. You said it's a, a one-time thing. This will not be a regular occurrence. They will go back to Friday and Saturday, but for this year only, they will be Saturday and Sunday. Correct. And the reason for that, so your listeners kind of have some some of the inside uh, story with this. So two years from now, which would be the next time that Penn State would come to Michigan State to close the season, the calendar in 2025 actually moves a week earlier. So college football games will start a week earlier in 25. The regular season thus will end a week earlier. So starting uh, two years out, the last regular season college football game will now always be the Saturday before Thanksgiving weekend because now the conference championship games will be played Thanksgiving weekend, which now gives us free reign back to go to our Friday-Saturday schedule. And the reason for that, of course, is the expanded college football playoff. They needed to get the regular season and the league championship games done a week earlier to give them enough runway to get their three rounds or whatever it is done uh, to crown the national champ. And you won't be up against Michigan-Ohio State at noon on Saturday. That frees up. Uh, again, Michigan could be in the Big Ten title game, which uh, will be uh, in Indy. Uh, but that also is another uh, thing that helps, you know, your viewership, uh, attendance, all that, right? Huge help, yeah. That's, that's, 100, that's 100. When, when they're playing at home, uh, that's 111,000 people down 
uh, in Ann Arbor, plus everybody watching the game. Absolutely. No, that's, to me, two years out with college football moving a week earlier, that is a game changer for us and our weekend at Ford Field, where I think that, because our crowds, when we first went to Ford Field, were great. I think some people came out because it was a cheap way. If he hadn't been in Ford Field yet, it was a cheap way to do it. But the other thing is that was when the Big Ten schedule ended the weekend before Thanksgiving. Since the 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 season got kicked back a week, that has absolutely been a big challenge for us attendance-wise. Mark in studio, always a great conversation. Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything Michigan High School Sports, MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, and all the spring championships live and on demand, boys and girls sports in our state, MHSAA.tv. Mark, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Bill. Good stuff, Mark Ewell in studio. If you miss this conversation, it will be up in our podcast section or wherever you download podcasts. Simple and easy. Just search The Huge Show. On the way, former Major Leaguer John Vanderwall in studio. Talk about the Tigers, or recent slide, and the state of Major League Baseball. JV will join us next. Big. Bad. Huge.